Welcome to the Weight Loss for Women podcast, a place where we share everything you need to know about restoring your metabolism so you can eat more, train less, and lose weight in a healthy and sustainable way. I'm Kitty Bloomfield, co-founder of New Strength and Saturate, creator of pro-metabolic food supplements and seriously saturated skincare, and I'm back today with my co-founder and co-host, Craig McDonald. Welcome back, Craig. Thank you for having me. Who's that crazy guy you had on last week? Oh, Dazza. Yeah. Weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good coach though you know yeah, he just yeah, wants yeah. to help he, the sheilas yeah, yeah he just, sure does he sure he's very does. passionate about that he sure is mm. anyway so today we want to talk about three things i wonder if you call them things but three 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 areas where you see women go wrong in the gym yep. that could have a big impact on their training and their ability to make progress and grow muscle yes and these are three quite simple things that you could improve. So, number one mm-hmm. is pushing to failure. Pushing to failure. Pushing to failure. Yeah, so, yes. a lot of women don't actually push to failure or close to failure. One to three reps short, right? So, what do you need to grow muscle? Mechanical tension and progressive overload. Can I can, can step we, back? Yeah, can yeah. we just can we wind it back? Um, because generally, like I always talk about, like the three elements you need to, to grow mm-hmm. muscle is your execution mm-hmm. needs to be on point, your standardization of reps, then the effort level, so pushing as close to failure as possible, and then using a progressive overload method through, mm-hmm. you know, weight and reps in order to, you know, continue to facilitate that. So execution is always first because it doesn't matter how hard you push or the weight that you're lifting, if how you're doing it is poor and you're not yeah. actually targeting that tissue. So let's assume and that they're nailing the technique mm-hmm. and the technique is good. So technique is good, but I think that leads into the tempo thing, mm. which was one of the other points. Mm. So sorry to just completely fuck up your That's whole okay. point well, of the, doing the this. Three, the three things is... We do talk <laughs> about this before we get <laughs> The three things, record. pushing to failure. Yeah. So not leaving too, too many reps in the tank or, yep. you, or lifting a weight that's it's too light and they've yes. left like five in the tank. Yep. Two is lifting tempo yep. and three is rest periods between sets. Yes. So let's first talk about pushing to failure. So mechanical tension. Yep. Mechanical tension, progressive overload. They're the yep. two biggest drive. Well, mechanical tension is the driver of so me- muscle so, growth. So, yeah. So mechanical tension is 100% the driver of muscle growth. Um, certainly something I've been learning a lot more recently because I've been trying to understand the, the other mechanisms for growth and, and some of the you know people who are the, the leading researchers in the field they've done some podcasts recently and done some things and I'm sort of he's listening been constantly to it. crapping onto me for like the yeah, last two I'm, weeks I'm about like it. but this just doesn't make sense like, you know, like these guys have been doing this for so long and they're like oh you know what why this happens why do higher reps lead to this growth there's still a bit of a mystery and all this sort of thing and it's like anyway I won't bore anyone with those details but I've sort of been going down the rabbit hole in the bit of a, a obsessive uh, moment and done some uh, consulting work with a few other um, coaches and, and, and people it's been really really helpful um, just to help connect the dots in, in my brain a little bit more but basically the way you want to look at it is mechanical tension is 100% the gr- driver of muscle growth and basically mechanical tension is essentially um, you, you basically look at it from the um, force velocity relationship so I'll try and keep this really, really simple. But basically, if you lift a light weight, 
you don't need to recruit all of your motor units in order to move that weight, right? You can just move it at a, at a relatively lower amount of effort. And then as the set starts to get hard and that fatigue, you start to apply more force mm. and more force and more force until eventually you can't do any more, right? So what happens is when you look at a lot of studies that, you know, use high reps as a model and they say, well, it has muscle growth. And it's just like, well, there's a, there's a lot of metabolic stress and metabolite built up and calcium ion accumulation all of these things that require that cause these sort of swell the these cell swelling mechanisms but none of them actually means any meaningful growth it's just a temporary thing that kind of happens but we still know that at the end of that set you're still going to reach failure and at that point you're going to be recruiting the most amount of muscle uh, motor units which is what mechanical tension is but when we look at a lot of the fatigue mechanisms like the calcium ion buildup and those metabolites, those actually detract from you creating as much mechanical tension as possible and recruiting those motor units. So it, it actually, when you look at the research a little bit more specifically, it actually shows that heavy weights actually cause more muscle growth, especially when taken to true failure, mm. as opposed to lighter, lighter, and that's where the rest periods will come in and we'll talk about in a moment. Mm. So basically, mechanical tension causes all the growth. Metabolic stress and doing high reps doesn't really do anything apart from you Fatigue. just looking good for 20 minutes in mm. front of the mirror and having a big pump. Muscle damage doesn't do anything. It just mm. causes more fatigue and excess muscle damage is actually a detriment to growth signaling after that point. Mm. So mechanical tension, 100% is what you need. And if you're using a weight basically at about 85% of your 1RM, which is mm. generally equated to around about five or six reps, Pretty much from rep one, you have to apply as much force into that bar as possible mm. or else the bar just doesn't move, right? So literally from rep one, you're recruiting all of those motor units straight away and you are then going to reach that level of failure with total muscle um, motor unit recruitment before all of those negative effects of those calcium ion accumulating metabolites start to kick in. Mm. So... If we want pure mechanical tension, that's the leading cause of growth, and you're going to reach failure without any excess fatigue, you're better off using a heavy weight where you'd fail around five, six, seven, eight reps, something like that. I don't think doing any more than eight reps makes a lot of sense when you're thinking about it from that perspective and understanding that five reps short of failure is where the effective rep model comes into play. Any other reps after that are just accumulating more fatigue, so doing high reps. Now, I just want to add the caveat to that, that I'm not saying that you still can't grow by doing 10, 12, and 15 reps. You absolutely can, and sometimes it makes sense for some people to work in some high rep ranges depending on the exercise that they're mm. doing because there's, you know, if you're loading up a leg press to do a set of six or seven or eight, that can be really, really heavy, and that can cause a little bit of anxiety, bit, yeah, and, yeah. and it's not, not always that fun. So it makes sense from a practicality point to still do that. But I don't think all progressive overload is the same. So if you even know you're maybe doing a back offset and you're still progressively overloading that week to week, I'm not saying that it's not having some sort of stimulus, but I think it's it's to a lesser degree is certainly that I've always sort of believed in. Anyway. And, and for the women who are a bit like less advanced, you know, they're just starting out, it's yeah. just lifting weights. Yeah. It's basically, you know, let's say, for example, you're doing a seated shoulder press and yeah. you pick a weight yeah. and a lot of the time we'll look at the video yeah. and they say they did eight and they probably could have done 13. Yes. So that's, that's, that's it. So you're really not pushing it to true failure. Yeah, so basically right. how, like what is failure? Is so, it until so, the so reps? So in, yeah. that, in, in that case... 
let's say you were capable of doing 15 reps, but you stopped at 10. Mm. So we know that five reps short of true failure or task failure is what creates that mechanical tension to, to lead to that stimulating growth. Mm. So basically you're stopping outside that window that's actually going to elicit the, the response that you want. Mm. And this is where, where I said earlier about the whole force velocity relationship. When you apply maximal amount of force into a bar, you know, like literally if that weight is heavy enough from rep run, you have to apply everything as much as you can, you're pushing and pushing. And then all of a sudden the velocity starts to slow down and you're getting pretty much close to that task failure. But if you're applying as a hundred percent of force from rep one, then pretty much all of those reps are pretty much going to be stimulating. Mm. So when you start working in higher rep ranges, it's not always a capability issue, but more of a just a fatigue issue and the pain, that burn sensation mm. that everyone kind of thinks is a good thing. But in reality, it's it's actually not. It's actually quite a detriment to you actually recruiting recruiting all those high threshold motor units that are the things that are going to be growing the most. So yeah, like if you're just stopping and you're not actually getting into that effective rep range, you're not doing anything. And in that particular example where you do 10 reps and you could have done 15, mm-hmm. we've well, accumulated a bit of fatigue for very minimal growth, if maybe if, if any at all. So this is where you see a lot of people who've been training for a long time and they don't any look any different because they're never actually lifting weights that are forcing those high threshold motor units to come into play. Mm-hmm. And they're progressively overloading in a method that um, they either can't stick to because their fatigue is too high from the previous sessions because they're doing too much volume, too many sets, too many high reps. So then when they go in and lift the the next time, they haven't recovered and they just can't lift it. Or their execution's just not great that they're they feel comfortable to get in the right positions to lift a certain weight. You know, Mm. if we're talking about things like deadlifts or you know squats or you know some of those harder movements then that's absolutely going to be the case yeah Um, and you want to push it like obviously machines the technique is easier because there's the stability is taken out like it's like let's just like you're pushing to technical failure yeah and you don't want to do pause reps right so you want to basically do enough reps with the same standardized form until you can't do another rep yeah that's right and you'll always see it on a chest press machine like mm. even with females they get into this chest press machine and you know they're in that range and they start from the concentric and they push right and they put and like you can you can see like that because it's there's still a burn sensation but it's mm. not like when you're training legs or doing even doing leg extensions or something like that but you see people like chest and the, the way the pec fibers work they activate generally pretty quickly mm. so people will kind of reach that higher level of recruitment pretty quickly and because, you know, like on a chest press machine, like it's you're so stable, you're sitting in it, even if you're doing a lying down one, mm-hmm. you can apply maximum force and like the stability is going to be there. It's only going to go in one direction. Um, and people can generally push hard and fail on that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's other movement. Back movements are a little bit harder because there's a little bit more momentum and there's more muscles being recruited at different things. Legs is just a mental psychological battle more than anything else yeah and then things like deadlifts for example there's the the psychological element of am i doing this right am i going to hurt myself you know Mm. those sort of things so that's why i always put execution at the top of the list it's just Mm. like once you get really good with the execution then push them yeah you don't think about that stuff anymore because you're just like well i know how to do it i've just i've got to make sure that i'm progressively overloading and using a weight that's relative that's going to take me to task failure and i think for the women who knew, knew and listening to this you know like 
it's shifting, I guess, your perspective around you know, weight loss versus body recomposition and yes. body recomposition is always better. So 98% of the women that we work with are under-muscled. Mm-hmm. And so let's say you don't have much muscle and you diet down, you diet down, you lose some more muscle. So you get to this goal weight, you don't look good. Like you don't look like you want to look, you're yep. eating less food. That's what always happens. Yep. So it's shifting that mentality. And I think to a lot of women come in with health, certain health issues because they've dieted the fuck out of themselves for years and years and years. So if you can just sit at maintenance for a while focus on getting strong and building muscle, improve those health issues, eat a bit more food. Mm. Then when it comes to the point where, okay, let's diet, and you'll probably see some body recomposition in that. Uh, you'll see body yeah, recomposition sure. anyway. So your, centimetre, your, your weight might not change much, but your centimetres will go down. Mm-hmm. And then when it's time to do that diet phase, your body's going to respond much better yep. because you've eaten more food, you've got more muscle. Mm-hmm. And your, your health is better. Yep. So it's, I think you've really got to shift your mindset to that. And I've talked about it heaps in this last week with women joining our program, with women in our program. Yeah. And it's so interesting when they have that mindset switch, they're like, fuck you, I get it now, I get it. And they're like, okay, great. I said, shift your focus, like be, be a demon in the gym. Yeah. You know, eat the food, feel good, feel strong, going to that gym and just absolutely just focus on the numbers and getting stronger and you know develop a bit of grit because you do have to push mm-hmm. and you will be able to push if you actually are eating food and then what will happen okay yeah it'll take probably 12 months mm-hmm. 12 to 18 months is what i say to women to see good note i mean you'll see change along the way yeah. but when you get there you'll feel good you'll look good you'll be eating more food you'll be out of this crazy diet yo-yo mm-hmm. cycle and it just becomes a way of life. And that's what a client said to me on the phone, um, on the phone, on Zoom, Marie. So she joined the program, was signing up. She was in tears. She's literally dieted for 20 years and she hated her body. This was her last stop, you know, eating disorder. She's been in the program six months now. She's lost 10 kilos. She's built muscle. She looks amazing. Her hair's all shiny. And she's like, Kitty, I feel free. Mm. This is a lifestyle now. Yeah, awesome. You know, like it's it's amazing. So... You know, I think if you can just really spend that time focusing on building muscle, improving your metabolism, improving your health, it just pays off yep. down the track. Okay, so that's yep. number one. Yep. Number two, not rushing through the reps. Yes. Tempo. So, so yep. what does that mean? Yeah, so lifting tempo um, is probably one of the more underrated uh, elements of where people go wrong because often a lot of people will feel like that they're – a certain movement isn't suited to them because when they do it, they're like, oh, it feels awkward or I kind of feel pain here or this sort of hurts or, you know, I've got this joint soreness when I do this and whatever. And, and, and the vast majority of time, uh, the, the majority of the times when I look at it, it's the concentric phase. So let's say, um, and a leg press is a perfect example of this because a leg press is, is the weirdest exercise because people will we'll load up the leg press hmm. with so much weight and, you know, they'll pump it out because, you, you know, you can pull yourself into the seat, the seat and you stay pretty tight and you just push against the plate and, you know, it kind of moves and it burns, right? You do get a stimulus in your quads from it. Um, but th- there's so much weight on there and the load that they're using to, to the range of motion. Well, I was going to say, let's talk about tempo and range of motion. I feel yeah, like that they go together. The same thing. Yeah, yeah, good yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. That... that the when they lower the leg press down there's it's too quick so the eccentric part in that Mm. in that particular movement is too quick and then once it gets to a stage basically a range of motion where they need to 
they need to make sure that their their pelvis and their their core breathing and bracing is on point and usually most of the time it's not and they get to that point where if they were to go any further they would feel really really uncomfortable and things wouldn't feel great because all of a sudden they're not using their musculature the, the load is happening on their spine and their pelvis in in that particular scenario doesn't feel good so they just go oh i better not go any further than that Mm. but what that means is their range of motion sucks and there's not a lot that they're getting out of that from a leg press perspective because again when we look at muscle muscles specifically the quadriceps respond to stretch mediated hypertrophy which means they need to go through a massive a massive stretch so like when you think about stretching your quads Mm. you, you get down on your ground on the ground you put your shins on on the floor and then you lean back, right? So basically your, your, your butt touches your heels, right? That, that is a full quad stretch. Mm. Now, I'm not saying you need to get into that because that's, that wouldn't be practical on the leg press. Mm. But it's got to be pretty much where your calves are touching your hamstrings, mm. right? That's going to be loading that stretch position. But most people, like when I'm looking at a video, I can see daylight between their calf and their, their hamstring. Mm. It's a lot. It's almost at a right angle. And... A lot of this just happens to be because the load is just too heavy. So we take all the load off, how they're actually set up in the leg press in the seat. And then once they actually start the movement to actually breathe a brace and, and let that eccentric be like a 1, 1,000, 2, mm. 1,000, 3, 1,000 and control it into the bottom. So you actually decelerate. So it's already going slow, but then you decelerate even more to get to that end range. Mm. You pause then you press. Then you apply all the force and you press. Mm. And then it's slow, three, 1,000, two, 1,000, one, 1,000, pause, press, right? It should be like that. But when people are doing it, it's like, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up. And it's like, th- th- this is just one of these classic movements that people will never truly progress on and mm. see much change in their legs because the range of motion is poor because their lifting tempo is not set up in a way that allows maximum stability. And in this case, speed is the killer of stability, right? So what you're saying for all exercises is slow it down. Slow it it fuck down. And work work through whatever the full range of motion is for that specific exercise. It's going to differ for each of them. Exactly right. Okay, got it. And, And I think as a rule of thumb for people, if they're applying this, now, when we look at a lot of literature, doing tempo work doesn't actually, it actually takes away from, you know, more uh, contractions over time. So it actually leads to less muscle growth. So we don't want to be going Too slow. intentionally Please. slower. However, <laughs> I would rather people go a 4-1000 or even a 5-1000. Then to just, drop into it in one second. Just, well, yeah. no, 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 no. To create the awareness around the range that they truly need to be at. Mm. And pause there for a second so they can feel what it feels like with the hips and where mm. and that sort of thing. And just practice doing that. And then once you get better at the breathing and bracing and maintaining a neutral spine and all this sort of stuff, you can then start to bring that speed back up to what would be deemed a reasonable tempo. The eccentric, especially on leg press, should always be a little bit slower. And then you're going to drive as hard as you can into the concentric mm. as you push it away. There should always be control. Like you've seen me do leg presses. The eccentric is always really controlled. Now, my legs are pretty long, so there's a little bit more way mm. to travel, but I take that time to really stay slow so I can stay tight. And you need to be, especially as the weight's going on, you need to be able to stay tight in order to 
But as a, as a rule of thumb across, like, because we're not just talking about the leg press, we're talking mm. about every exercise. Everything. Three seconds. Yep. As a rule, a good rule of thumb. Yeah, yeah, Isn't three easy. seconds. Yep. Two, two, two to three seconds. On chest yeah. pressing movements, you yep. know, you don't probably need to go three seconds. Yep. You know, especially if you've got shorter arms. You know, like, <laughs> You know, it's probably more like a two second. So it, it just should be controlled. controlled like you you yep. should be owning every inch of that. Movement. Sound like Dazza Craig. I know. Yeah. I think you stole yeah. that from me. I think you did too. Fucker. Yeah. All right. So range of motion. We've covered that. Tempo. Okay. Rest periods. Yes. Talk about rest periods. Yeah. So rest periods is a really interesting one. Um, there's, there's this sort of notion where they're like, you know, to, you know, 90 seconds, 120 seconds up to like three minutes for your compounds and then, you know, 45 to 60 seconds or mm. whatever for your isolation movements. Um, when you actually, again, when you look at a lot of the, the literature around rest periods, the ones where they're doing a lot of volume tend to have shorter rest periods, which generally when you actually look at them over time, generally have lower hypertrophy outcomes. So when the rest when studies are actually done where they equate for rest periods and they basically just go minimum three minutes for everything mm. but take as long as you need to then put in another superfluous set that's where you see the greatest amount of growth so generally like i feel like three minutes for maybe the smaller exercises yeah. you know like bicep curls and well, 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 well look so yeah. i've had this question mm. a bit like people are like oh do you do you set a timer between i'm like i've never used a timer and the reason being is because some days I'm going to feel a bit more fatigued. Some exercises take you a little bit more, more out of you yeah. and whatever. But so maybe, Craig, if you're someone who has the potential to, who typically rushes through, yeah. then setting a timer can help you totally give totally. you enough rest time. So yeah. set it for three minutes and in the big compounds, at least five yeah. minutes minimum. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, at least so. you know you're like, okay. But, but the point is, yeah. and that could vary a little bit, Yeah. but the point is it's like, especially if you're training, you know, trained as close to failure as possible then the reality is if you rest not long enough then you haven't dissipated some of that fatigue accumulated from the previous set mm. so then that next set performance is going to be lower and you're going to get less mechanical tension which then you know leads to less growth yep so it makes sense to just do your next set when you feel like you are ready to give another maximum performance yep. to beat your numbers. But again, love saying some people, like people who forget to eat, they put the alarm on. Who forgets to eat? I oh, know. I'm yeah. the same. I'm starving yeah. right now, actually. Um, Me too. But yeah. Yeah, well, just, just yeah. to get you into the habit if you're not really through. aware, you yeah, know. Yeah, look, I, I don't see yeah. using a rest timer is, is perfectly yeah. fine, you know, yeah. but I, I think three minutes is, is a minimum. Yeah, and then minimum. five for the bigger yeah. minimum. Okay, yeah. awesome. Wow. Yeah. That's it. Good one. Thanks very much, Craig. Thanks it? for clearing that up. That's it. Okay. Just three Great. things today. Great. So just to recap, training to failure yep. with good technique. And heavy loads. Heavy loads. Lighter loads. Um, tempo, don't rush through the movements yep. and go to the full f- through the full range of motion. Yes, slow it down. Slow it down. Own every rep, as Dazza yeah, would say. And then, <laughs> and then three, Rest periods. Yep. Just take your time. Yep. You know, if you need to use a timer, three minutes minimum for small mo- five minutes for big ones, but otherwise just whenever you feel like you're good enough to go again, mm. awesome. go again. All right, guys. As always, uh, take a screenshot of the episode and share your biggest takeaways on Instagram stories and tag me at K-I-T-T-Y-B-L-O-M-F-I-E-L-D. And each month I pick a winner and they get a tub of saturated premium collagen valued at $79. And we'll be back again next week. <laughs>